morning we are complete in you the head of all principalities and powers and we thank you that this morning we have the victory shout on our side and so we give you praise for triumph we give you praise for victories we give you praise for the blessing we give you praise for the blessedness of righteousness we give you praise for the gift of eternal life we give you praise for the realities that are made manifest in our understanding and we rejoice that every day we are growing in knowledge and abounding in the grace of the Lord Jesus. And as we study the word this morning, revelation knowledge is gifted everybody under the sound of my voice. And I decree that whatever is not planted by God is rooted out. Bodies and yokes are destroyed. Your people built up, equipped, edified, and Jesus glorified by the end of this service. And we give you praise for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious name, and every believer says a powerful amen. Lift your right hands to heaven. Let's release our faith together. As we say these words, I'm born of God. I'm born of the world. The word of God is my nature. I do not struggle to do the word. I do the word naturally. Therefore today, I will understand the word of his grace. I will be built up. By the end of this service, I will never be the same. Never ever be the same again. In Jesus' name, and every believer says a powerful amen. We want to welcome everybody connected to this service by way of Kingdom Life Network, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. We're so glad to welcome all of you, social media community. This morning, we're going to have an adventure together in the word of his grace. Like you've always done, let's do it again today. Let's flood the earth with the fragrance of the gospel. Let's get the word of God to the ends of the earth. And we thank God for social media that affords us the opportunity to be real time all over the world and to get to everywhere named and on the regions of the earth so do me the pleasure you've i mean the the favor you've always done share the video on your page you know um tag some people you know create watch parties put them on monogram telegram as many groups are on your page share with all of them join as many groups as you find around your page let's get the word to the ends of the earth and i want you to put them also on whatsapp groups you know on telegram and let's just flood the nations with the truth of the gospel and we want to welcome all our campuses and bible study centers what a joy to have all of you connected to the service this morning hey guys get ready we're going to have a great time as we continue to explore the, you know, the completion of the In Christ Realities New Creation Camp Meeting. We didn't complete last Sunday, so hopefully by the second service today, we'll be able to complete that series. But are we excited to be in the house this morning? Can we celebrate with a shout, the victory that is ours. Glory! Amen! You can be seated with your sweet, smart self as we get into the word of his grace this morning. Glory to God. <clears throat> Hallelujah. <clears throat> Amen. Wednesday we had an exciting study, right? It was exciting, right? Those of you that were in the house centers, was it exciting on Wednesday? Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed that study myself, all right? Okay. Now, the emphasis of scripture should be the diet of the believer. You are what you eat. You can never be better than what you eat. Every human being is a product of what he eats. What you feed on reflects on who you are. Diet is critical. You eat junk, you produce a junky body. You eat healthy, you produce a healthy body. Whatever you eat will determine, you know, um, of, of what product you are made. So diet is important. 
The word devil was only mentioned by Jesus himself nine times in the four gospels. Jesus mentioned the word devil nine times in the four gospels. And sometimes they are repeated. Some of those mentions are repeated. <clears throat> you know, Matthew has 28 chapters. Mark has 16 chapters. Luke has 24 chapters. And John has 21 chapters. And you just have nine times in all of those several many chapters of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Just nine times of Jesus mentioning the word devil. So that means that the emphasis of your teaching or, or any teaching or our teaching should not be the devil. He should be so scarce in our discourse, in our whatever we do. The book of Acts has 28 chapters. The word devil is mentioned only twice. In the book of Acts, 28 chapters. The word devil is mentioned only twice. Paul used the word devil a few times. In Ephesians, twice. In Ephesians, twice. In First and Second Timothy, three times. First and Second Timothy, three times. In the book of James, the word devil is mentioned only one time. First Peter, one. John mentions it four times. Jude mentions it one time. The book of Revelation mentions devil five times. Then the word demons. You know, some churches, every two minutes, they mention demons. They're either fighting the devil or killing the devil or bulleting the devil. They can't talk for five minutes without mentioning the devil. Uh, you know, and that, that means they are more to the devil. They are more related to the devil than Jesus. You know, when your prayers are full of Satan, you and Satan are living together. Because if you're not living together, there's no point mentioning his name. You're, you're seated in Christ. So the devil should not occupy space in your discourse. It's an insult for you and me to be talking. And you're busy mentioning my enemy to me every two minutes. It's an insult. It means the presence of my enemy, even in his absence, is more prominent than my presence. Who is present? It's an insult. And many churches, I mean, even believers, spend their time mentioning demons, you know. Everything is demon. Plate fall down, demon. TV makes noise, demon. Picture on the TV shakes, demon. Everything is demon. They see the devil everywhere because they are with him. The word demons is mentioned 13 times in Matthew. Demons, 13 times. In the book of Mark, 11 times. In the book of Luke, 17 times. In the book of John, there's no mention of devil in the entire book of John. In first Timothy, Timothy mentioned it, brother Paul mentioned it once when he was talking to Timothy. In James, only one time, demons. In the book of Revelation, only three times. The whole book of Revelation with all the metaphors is only three times the word demons is mentioned. So imagine where the emphasis is. Because when we look at the Bible, we find out that the focus was on Christ. You cannot grow in a church or ministry where the teaching is focused on demons, Satan, or sin. You cannot grow in a church or ministry where the focus of their teaching is on Satan, demons, or sin. You cannot grow. Because, you know, if you really must grow, you must have the right diet. And sometimes, or 85% of the time, sin and sins were used in the epistles in relation to the work of Christ. Every time you see sin or sins, 85% of the time in the epistles was in relation 
to the work of Christ. So you cannot be feeding on a sermon that glorifies sin and be growing spiritually. You can't feed on a sermon that explains who the devil is. You know, the Bible talks about that church in the book of Revelation that spend their time on the depth of Satan. He said they spend their time on the depth of Satan. That is that church that explores Satan. The four legs of Satan. What is in the eyes of Satan. The intestines of Satan and its content. They spend time on Satan. You know, demons and their names. Both recorded and not recorded. You can be feeding on that and grow spiritually. So the focus of the scriptures therefore is on Christ. Christ is mentioned 640 times. 640 times. The word Christ. And the word in Christ. In him. Is mentioned about 150 to 100, 210 times. 150 to 210 times. The word in him. In Christ. 150 to 210 times. Then the word Christ. 640 times. So your diet tells you the kind of person you are. It's important you take note of the kind of things you are feeding on. It's very important. Because you cannot be feeding on the wrong thing and grow with the right things. It's so important. And that's why as a church, we focus on Christ all the time. Because we have nothing else to focus on. Our message is him. Our diet is him. He is our life. He is the reason for our living. He is everything to us. Outside him, we are not. We are because he is. He is the reason for our existence. He is everything to us. He is our life. He is our righteousness. He is our justification. He qualifies us to stand before God. He is our strength. He is our everything. So our, our attention is centered on his person. Because without him, we have no air to breathe. He is the reason for our very existence. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. John chapter 5 verse 39 Jesus speaking in John 5 39 you search the scriptures for in them you think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me verse 40 and you will not come to me that you might have life you will not come to me that you might have life so we are examining Paul's revelation of identification Paul's revelation of identification in Luke chapter 24 verse 25 on the way to Emmaus, Jesus speaking with his disciples, he said unto them, O fools, slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So we said that Christ is a man. Christ is a man. Let's observe something. A lot of the impression many people have of the sacrifice of Jesus is dependent on the themes and stories that they had when they were young. Many people, that's all they know about Jesus, those themes and stories. The terminology the Bible uses is very strong. Look at Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. Let's do quite some work this morning. Matthew chapter 8 verse number 17. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 8 verse 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah as the prophet saying. Himself, if your Bible is mine, I will underline the word himself. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sickness. Notice the word himself. 
We need to find out who is the himself. Himself. First Peter chapter 2 verse 24. First Peter chapter 2 verse number 24. Who his own self, underline that, his own, his own self bore our sins in his own body. Underline that, in his own body on the tree. That we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Now, this text are taken from Isaiah 53. And I'd like you to notice, his own self bore our sins his body himself you know some people think that jesus bore our sins in his body and sometimes when you hear the way preachers preach it you'll know that they have no depth they talk about how jesus was slapped how he was beaten how jesus was falling and standing and he could not get to the cross but he could not carry the cross by himself and to them describing all of that is the sufferings of christ but all of that is not the sufferings of Christ. It's just an introductory part of the sufferings of Christ. If that was the sufferings of Christ, then some arm robbers suffer more than Christ. Because today, the way they torture people that are criminals is much more severe than it was then. In fact, today, they have what they call electric cheer. Where they put people and electrocute them and kill them gradually over a period of time. Some people, they chop off their fingers first. Then they give them some days to recover from the pain. Then they chop off their toes. They torture them gradually till they kill them. Jesus didn't go through all of that. So if the sufferings of Christ was physical, then it was nothing to compare to what most criminals suffer from today. So that's why we must study and examine what the Bible really means by the sufferings of Christ. So take note of that word, himself. He bore our sins in his own body. The word body there is the Greek word soma, S-O-M-A. Soma does not necessarily mean physical body. The Bible talks about the body of sin in Romans chapter 6 verse 6. The body, look at it, Romans chapter 6 verse 6. That the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. The body of sin. For instance, you hear the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not referring to a physical body. Alright? The body of sin is not referring to a physical body. So, what does himself refer to? He himself bore our sins. He bore it in his body. What does himself refer to? Christ the man bore our sins in his own body. Is that correct? Is that correct? Christ the man bore our sins in his own body. Is that correct? Yes. Alright, now, let's examine First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. Please pay attention. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God that I pray God is not in the original. And your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless. Unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Alright now. He mentions spirit, soul and body. He is saying a man is spirit, soul and body. A man is spirit, soul and body. A man is not spirit. A man is spirit, soul and body. Please pay attention. A man is not spirit. A man is spirit, soul and body. 
So Matthew 8 17, where we read, and first Peter 2 24 is taken from Isaiah 53, verse 4. Let's look at it. Isaiah chapter 53, verse number 4. Surely he hath take note of the he, he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He, take note of the he, verse 5, verse 5. But he wounded for our transgression, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Verse 6, pay attention, verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him, take note of him, the iniquity of us all. Verse 7, verse 7 to 9. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her sharers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Now pay attention to verse 10. Observe the he, 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 he. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yet had he put to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin make his soul an offering for sin he shall see his seed he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the lord shall prosper in his hand what was made an offering for sin huh? his soul is his soul his physical body? No. This is where the text is taken from. So the word soul here is the Hebrew word mephish. Mephish. M-E-P-H-E-S-H. Mephish. It was used in Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. Genesis chapter 2 verse number 7. Genesis 2 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul, a mephish, a living soul, a living soul. Notice, it wasn't the body that was made the living soul. It was the breath, the breath. So you cannot call a man's body himself. This body is not yourself. He says, he breathed, he breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. A living soul means a living being. He became a living being. Man became a living being. That is the faculty of a man. The faculty of a man's existence is not seen by the naked eye. The faculty of a man's existence is not seen by the naked eye. That is, there is life in man which makes him, that is not his physical body. The life is what makes him. And that life is not his physical body. 
Because what made man a living soul was not from the earth. It was not from the ground. So therefore, if we say man, we cannot refer to man outside that spiritual faculty. See that? So himself cannot be his physical body. Isaiah said, he made his soul, his mephish. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. So can we say, man exists beside his physical body? Alright, yeah. Look at James chapter 2 verse 26. Please pay attention. James chapter 2 verse 26. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Paul says, the spirit without the body is naked. The spirit without the body is naked. So the body clothes the spirit. Okay? Now, and the body without the spirit is dead. The spirit without the body is naked. And the body without the spirit is dead. Please pay attention. So that means the spirit without the body is never complete. The spirit without the body is never complete. But the body cannot exist without the spirit. The spirit without the body is not complete. But the body cannot exist without the spirit. But the spirit can exist without the body. But then the spirit will be naked without the body. Alright, now, we agree that you cannot call a man's body himself. Did we agree that this morning? You cannot call a man's body himself. So, when the Bible says, Jesus himself bore our sins. Was that his body or his soul? His soul. Alright, now. Or better still, spirit and soul. Because two of them are invisible. Can we also say that the body of Jesus could only have been called dead when his spirit was no longer there? Alright. <clears throat> Alright. Yes. What left first? The body or the spirit? The spirit. If you read the four gospels, you will think... It was the body that left first because it was an eyewitness account. You will have to look at Revelation to know that the spirit left first before the body packed up. Look at Matthew 27, 46. Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. <clears throat> and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What is death? Separation from who? From God. Or separation from life. Death is separation from God or separation from life because God is life. Okay? So death is separation. It's not extinction. It's separation. Please pay attention. It's not extinction. It's separation. Death does not mean to cease to exist. Just like when a physical body is dead, it is still existing, but it has no life in it. When a physical body is dead, it is still existing, but it has no life in it. When it decomposes, it goes into the earth as matter. It does not disappear. When the body decomposes, 
it goes into the earth as matter it's not destroyed the body is not destroyed it only decomposed and became part of matter but the body is still there the body is still there in the earth that's why on the rapture of the saints or what we call the resurrection from the dead brother paul's theology is a physical matter that shall be captured back that physical matter that decomposed that very one that very one it's not going to be a new composition this same matter that decomposed and maybe even scattered or maybe they even took a part of it as sand and travel with it to calabar for building a house on the resurrection morning that whole composition we, we, we regather within seconds there, are you still here there's not going to be time that's why when brother paul was explaining the separation of the spirit from the body he said to be absent from the body is to be present there's no purgatory there's no in between there is no reception once you are out of the body you're with the lord it's bamba it's there's no resting place i don't know if i'm complicating at all because of the way god designed for things to to operate so when the body is separated and the body decomposes it is still there in the earth that's why adam took his body from the dust it was adam who came into the dust and took up a body for himself that is why on the resurrection day it is still man that will go to the earth and take up his body i don't know if you understand what i'm talking about the spirit of man will capture the body and there will be a quickening where mortality shall put on immortality it is not the body that will be waiting it is the spirit that will bring it out so on the creation of adam it was not like god molded a body and then adam came to enter no it was adam who took up a body for himself i don't know if i'm communicating at all because the same way resurrection will happen is the same way creation happened are we in the building here now hold on i'm going to explain why i said what i said in a few minutes that's why the new creation at rapture will take back his body that's why you have the, that that you, you know you 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 leave the earth the same way the same way you take up your body is the way you live because in leaving the earth all you do is you exit the body you leave it when you need it you take it are we in the building here now please stay with me matthew 27 46 matthew 27 verse 46 <clears throat> And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? When Jesus was saying this, was he physically dead? Huh? No. Was he spiritually dead? Huh? Yes, because my God, my God, why hast thou? What is that? separation and what is separation dead okay now so he was spiritually dead but he was not physically dead so that means spiritually dead you will still be talking a man is spiritually dead but he's still talking he's still walking he's still driving he's still eating just like adam god said to adam the day you eat of it you shall surely die 
Adam ate of the tree and was still talking. He was still walking. He was still hiding. He was still taking leaves to cover his nakedness. But he was already dead. Are you still in the building? He still recognized his wife. But he was already dead. The woman you gave me. But he was already dead. Dead spiritually but still talking. Look at Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. Ephesians chapter 2 verse number 1. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. Next verse. Wherein in time past you walked. You were dead but you were walking. According to the cause of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. In the children of disobedience. So was Jesus spiritually dead on the cross? Please, can I have a very good answer? Was he dead physically before he said those words? So he was dead spiritually, but not physically. Huh? Okay. So until the spirit leaves the body, the body is, is not dead. Huh? So when the spirit leaves the body, what happens to the body? The body dies. Okay. There's a reason why I'm asking you. But the spirit is dead if it's separated from God. Huh? So when it says he himself, talking of Jesus, it cannot be referring to his body. He himself. First Thessalonians 5.23 again. First Thessalonians 5.23 And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Your whole spirit, soul, and body. The word holy or whole is the word holote, holoteles in the Greek. Holoteles. H-O-L-O-T-E-L-E-S. Holoteles. It's used for a building. Where you put layers until you reach the end. Until you reach the zenith of the building. Where you put layers. Okay. Whole. Where you arrive at the zenith. To reach the end. Your whole. So your whole means. Without one of the components missing. For you to be whole. Means none of the components is missing. Whole. Whole, holopel, hole, holopleros, holopleros, the word whole. The word holy is the first one I gave you. The word whole is holopleros, is used to not lack anything. Where James says, wanting nothing in James 1 4, to not lack anything. That is, we don't lack anything. In other words, the spirit is man. The soul is man. The body is man. The three together is a whole man. The spirit is man. The soul is man. The body is man. The three together is a whole man. Man is not a spirit. Man is spirit, soul, and body. 
because a man without the body is naked and a man without the spirit is dead so for a man to be whole he must be spirit soul and body are you in the building now jesus became a man he is a man spirit soul and body more than that if he died for our sins or bore our sins he must have borne our sins spirit soul and body that's why paul will use the terminology you know in second corinthians 4 16 though our outward man perish the inward man is renewed day by day the outward man i love brother paul the way he explains things the outward man means the outward expression of man the outward expression of man there is a physical expression of man but there is also a spiritual expression of man which is in the soul and spirit so man is spirit soul and body some people say your body is an earth suit no your body is not an earth suit your body is part of man is part of what makes you a man is mortal is subject to death quite all right based on the sin of adam is mortal is subject to death based on the sin of adam but you know with the indwelling of the spirit your body is only mortal temporarily with the indwelling of the spirit see the holy ghost coming on your inside to regenerate you rendered mortality a temporal condition the believer is not mortal for too long he is only mortal until the resurrection mortal means subject to death that is why the term paul used is sleep sleep they that sleep let us not mourn for those that sleep okay he used the term sleep sleep in the greek means something that is temporal temporary like if a believer today goes to glory that believer's body is in a temporal state temporal state you know and quite a number of people have gone to be with the lord in the last few weeks even this week one of my very you know wonderful friends very wonderful guy has impacted the body of Christ big time. His name is Kaman. I don't know those of you know Kaman. Kaman was one of the big music men in the 80s and 90s. Kaman slept in the last few days. He's gone to glory. Casey Price slept last week. He's gone to glory. A, a lot of them in that generation are gone. I think it's just Copeland that is remaining. Copeland. You know, uh, Ora Robert is gone. Uh, Kenny Hagin is gone. Shambach is gone. Billy Graham, quite a number of them have gone to glory. You know, and uh, I can imagine Casey Price just stepped into glory and saw all of them. All his bodies there, man. His, home, his homecoming, man. You know, it's a joyful thing. You know, it's only you that are on earth that cry. The man that is gone is rejoicing. Dr. Fredrick Price's son said the father died three times. He went the first time, came back to his body, went out again came back to his body, went out again, came back to his body before finally he left. So the guy was just playing between glory and earth. 
He must have said, this place is dirty, man. What am I doing here? Hey, guys, take care of yourselves. I'm gone. <laughs> glory. <laughs> I said, glory. That's why when people see into the glory of God, they don't want to stay here anymore. There's nothing you can do to keep them here. You know, the reason why people struggle not to die is because God has put an instinct in every human being for self-preservation. It's an instinct. And the reason for that instinct is so that people won't go around committing suicide. So that's why there's the instinct where you don't want to die. You don't want to die. That instinct is critical. If not, people will be committing suicide all over the place. But for that instinct, are you understanding? Yeah. Every human being has that instinct. You have somebody say, I want to die, I want to die. Then when he sees that, he says, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> say, okay, I will take poison and die. When he makes the poison, he say, wait first, I'm coming. Let me think. Do I really want to go or not? It's self-preservation. It's an instinct in every human being. If not, people just be committing suicide all over the place. Are you understanding? Except a man gets deceived in his mind. And his mind gets so deceived that it overpowers that instinct. That's when people commit suicide. And that's a bit difficult because the instinct is strong for people to want to be here. I don't know if I'm communicating you. Let's get back into what we're teaching now. So, sleep is temporary. Sleep is temporary. It's not permanent. <clears throat> that is, nothing changes from the time you got born again. His body is just mortal. That's why it decomposes. Alright? It's indestructible. The human body is indestructible. The best that can happen to it is to decompose. But it is still there. That sleep state is temporary. So what we call the resurrection of the dead. Actually is an instant miracle. One of the greatest miracles of miracles is the resurrection of the dead. Because it's instant. Bible says in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The resurrection of the dead is an instant miracle. Now let me tell you something. How many of you have, uh, have, you know, I mean, it has happened to us in this church a number of times where we just speak a word and somebody is healed instantly. Have you seen that? That is a sign for the resurrection of the dead. Instant miracles are a sign that the resurrection of the dead is real. I don't know if you understand. That's why it's called signs and wonders. So the sign of an instant miracle is pointing to the fact that the, this body can be raised in a moment. If this body can be healed in a moment. Are you in the building here? That's why blind eyes open. Bam. Deaf ears open. Bam. You see crippled people stand up and walk instant. You, you speak over tumors. They melt and disappear. You speak over, you know, um, fibroids. They, suddenly they vanish. You speak over cancers. They die. And doctors can't explain what happened. It's a sign that the resurrection of the dead is a reality. Am I communicating at all? So that you don't have a reason to doubt that the dead will be raised incorruptible. Because when you see the way even immortality, the body can be corrected. Even immortality. Shakabada. Even immortality. It has happened many times. Even my own body gets healed on its own instant. Sometimes I come down with all kinds of symptoms and I speak God's word. Instantly, within seconds, the whole body puts itself back. It just puts itself. And sometimes you get complicated symptoms where doctors are getting confused. And then you speak God's word over your body. Bam! And the same doctors will say, what has happened? We don't know what has happened. It's a sign that there is a resurrection. That one of these days, mortality shall put on. 
immortality. I thought somebody would shout hallelujah. Now, so, that sleep is temporal. That is where there is a resurrection of the dead. Whenever the particle of a man's body is on earth, on the day of resurrection, it will assemble. Even if the man's body was scattered in different directions, they took part of his body as sand to Calabar, took another one as sand, and exported it along with some product to Indonesia. Are you understanding? And the other one as sand went with Oron River and proceeded to the Atlantic. The moment resurrection Kabadagam, everywhere the particles of that body is with nothing missing, not an iota of an hair of the hair of that body, not even one will be missing. Everything will come back together and changed because this body is the guarantee for that one. You can't have that one if you don't have this one. So you must turn this one in to collect the other one. I don't know if you're hearing me. And you must turn it in in its complete state. That's why you see on the resurrection day, blind people will see. Cripples will walk straight. Deformities will be melted out. I don't know if you're hearing me. People that have certain conditions that didn't allow them to walk well. They walked with one shoulder bent, one leg hanging. On the resurrection, everything will straighten out. Because resurrection is glorification. Oh, glory to God. It's called the blessed hope. That's our blessed hope. Hallelujah. When we think about that, we are not afraid of dying. When we think about that, we look at death and say, "What? I, get out. We are not afraid of it because we have something better. Glory to God. Jesus died and rose from the dead. Mary Magdalene saw him and called him Rabboni. That means he maintained the same physical structure. He, he wasn't different at resurrection. That's why Mary could see him without him introducing himself. She said, Rabboni, this is my master. Because he was the same. That means on the resurrection day, all of us here will be the same. I will know you. I will see you. I will recognize you. You won't be looking spooky. It will be this you, but glorified. It will be a better version of this you. A more kabado begea. I thought somebody would join me and shout glory in the building. In Luke chapter 24 verse 37. Luke 24 37. Is this some good news this morning? Luke 24 37. Put it up for me. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. He said look at, look at the next verse. And he said unto them, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Next verse. Behold my hands and my feet. That it is I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones as you see me have. He said, touch me. They touched him. He was the same person. In fact, the way the book of Acts of the Apostles puts it in Acts chapter 1 verse 3, he showed himself alive. Meaning it was the same person. He showed himself alive. Was his body glorified? Huh? But he still had the same semblance. We will recognize people. Your father, your grandfather, that pastor in your village, 
that preached Christ, even if he didn't have epignosis, but he preached Christ well, and he's gone, you will see him and know him. There are even people we will know whose books we read, but we never met them. And they were a blessing to us. Once we see them, we will know that's the person's book I read. Because that's a realm where we know everything. I don't know if I'm communicating at all. You will just turn from a fan and say, ah, that's Kenneth Hagin. Brother Hagin, hello. <laughs> and he will call your name too. Say, bless you, man. What's up? What's up? Tell him you are a blessing to me, man. I read your books and hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Are you enjoying this service? All right, so glorified, but the same body. Man is spirit, soul, and body. So what is going to happen on the rapture of the church, which brother Paul calls the resurrection, is that the body will be redeemed. Romans 8.23, pay attention. Romans chapter 8, verse 23. <clears throat> and not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the spirit. Even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit. The redemption of our body. The redemption means... How many of you remember when we used to do Mirinda 7-Up promotions? Back in those days. Where as, as you keep drinking, you open the cup, you check. Because there are gifts in the cups. But not all. So you have to drink a number to be able to arrive at a gift. How many of you remember those days? Then they would tell you that if your cup has the promise of a car or three bottles or ten bottles, you know that's what they used to have there. All right, so you keep it until the redemption day. Is that true? Then on the redemption day, you go to seven up company office with the cup because that cup is the guarantee. If you come and say, my own cup is missing, but water's on top is three bottles. They will tell you, if you don't get out of this office, whatever happens to you, you are the one who cost it for yourself. Is it not true? Because the only thing that will qualify you for redemption is that cup. That's why this body is your own cup. You must keep it because this is what qualifies you for the glorified body. I don't know if I'm complicated. So you now take that cup, you give them the cup, they now give you your gift. So what did you do? You redeemed. You redeemed it. So the redemption of our body is the resurrection. But this body is, is what you will present to collect the other one. Now, so the redemption means it has been purchased by the spirit of God within us. That this body has been purchased. It is now raised from mortality to immortality. Look at the way brother Paul puts it in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse number 13. In whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believed. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Verse 14. Now pay attention to 14. Which is the earnest of our inheritance until... The redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Means the body that was purchased will be redeemed. Ephesians 4.30. Ephesians 
chapter 4 verse 30. <clears throat> and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed until the day or unto the day of redemption. You are sealed unto the day of redemption. That's the redemption of the body. So Jesus bore our sins, spirit, soul, and body. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 21. For he hath made him to be seen for us who knew no sin. He made him, him, him. What is him? Spirit, soul, and body. He made him to be seen for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. He made him sin for us who knew. The word knew new means experience he made him sin for us who did not experience sin jesus never experienced sin in his body in his spirit and his soul he only became there's a difference between know and became became means it was sacrifice new means he experienced it he didn't know sin but he became sin, which is sacrifice, which is substitutionary sacrifice. Look at Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Philippians chapter 2 verse number 5. Let this man be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Who being in the form of God, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. Verse 7. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of man those terminologies they describe the whole being of jesus jesus became a sacrifice for sin spirit soul and body let's examine what happened to him when he rose from the dead john 12 24 please pay attention john chapter 12 verse 24 verily verily i say unto you except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die it abideth alone but if it die it bringeth forth much fruit it bringeth forth much fruit notice the word much much fruit we had established that Jesus in the four gospels is called the only begotten son. The monogenes. In the epistles he is called the first begotten from the dead. The prototokos. And we have the firstborn from the dead. Then we said sons of God. We have son. We have sons of God. In Matthew 28, 20 Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always unto the end of the earth. That means Jesus' resurrection made possible a multiplication of sons. A multiplication of himself. His resurrection made possible a multiplication of himself except a corn of wheat fall to the ground and die it abides alone but when it dies it bringeth forth much a multiplication of himself therefore will be spirit soul and body same components how many of you agree that jesus is not the holy ghost how many of you agree 
Okay. How God anointed Jesus with what? <laughs> All right. The spirit of the Lord God for he has anointed me. He was anointed of the Holy Ghost and John the Baptist said he saw the spirit coming on him bodily, visibly, tangibly. He wasn't spooky. Stay with me. John 3.35 God gave the spirit to him without measure. John 3.34 Sorry. God gave the spirit to Jesus without measure. 3.34 John 3.34 God gave the spirit to Jesus without measure. Now write down these scriptures for further study because I will explain what I just said now. You know. I said it that way to get your attention. But that's the truth. Ma Matthew 3.11 Matthew 3.11 Mark 1, 8 and 9 John 1, 32 to 33 Luke chapter 3 verse 16 to 17 Remember Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. Okay? In the incarnation. But in the resurrection, he was the one who gave the spirit. Please pay attention. Upon his resurrection, he will be the one to baptize with the Holy Ghost. Acts 1, 4 and 5. Listen carefully. Acts 1, 4 and 5. And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. Verse 5. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days since. This is Jesus' ministry upon his resurrection. So, in the four Gospels, Jesus was anointed with the Holy Ghost. But when he rose from the dead, his office and personality changed. He is now the one who baptizes with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.33. Look at the way brother Peter said it on the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2 verse 33. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted. Talking about Jesus. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost. He had shed forth this. Which you now see and hear. Which you now see and hear. Are you following? He has shed forth this. Which you now see and hear. He has poured out the spirit. What was Joel's prophecy? In Joel chapter 2 verse 28. Joel, I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. And Joel was speaking by the spirit of Christ. So now... Who poured out his spirit? Who poured out his spirit on the day of Pentecost? Christ. 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 Jesus. Jesus of the four gospels or Jesus exalted? 
If the corn of wheat fall to the ground and die, what does it bring forth? Much fruit. Which means same spirit is now available to many. The spirit on Jesus is now available to many. He had shed forth. One die, rises, bringeth forth much. Are we in the building? Much. The much are the same with the person who... See, the spirit on Jesus is the same with the spirit on you. They are not two spirits. It's one same spirit. Now, I will pour out my spirit. Whose spirit? Christ. In the Old Testament, it was a statement of intent. Statement of fulfillment in the four gospels. Look at the prophecy there in Ezekiel 36, 26. Ezekiel 36, 26. I still hear you've gone home. A new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of, of flesh. Next verse. And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. That is a statement of intent. But was fulfilled upon his resurrection. Now please listen carefully. Listen carefully. Look at me. If you cannot separate Jesus of the four gospels. From Jesus of the resurrection. You will have a big problem in Bible interpretation. The two Jesuses are not the same. Same Jesus Two different personalities and offices. You must. Listen, it's like if you cannot break the Bible into life before the cross and life after the cross, you can never understand the Bible. The Bible must be the cross of Jesus brought the demarcation. The cross of Jesus changed everything. It changed the way they used to pray. It changed the way they used to worship. It changed the way we approach God. It changed everything. The cross. So a preacher that does not know that there is life before the cross and life after the cross and what the details are will be mixing everything like jollof rice. That mixture is dangerous. It is poisonous. You can't eat it and grow. You eat it and die. It is the later that kill it. It is called the ministry of death. It is called the ministry of condemnation. So a preacher must be so schooled to know where to draw the line between the past and the present. You must know Jesus of the four gospels is different from Jesus the risen Lord. They are not the same. Personality differs because after resurrection he was glorified. Before resurrection he was incarnated. After resurrection, he's been given a name that is above every name. All authority in heaven or earth under the earth is his. Before resurrection, before resurrection, he could only function within the earth here. It's important to know this. Because in Bible teaching, once you don't know that, you will keep arguing like a blind man. When we say something, you will call it heresy. When we say something, you will call it heresy. Meanwhile, you are the father of heretics. Because you don't even know what you're talking about. And by communicating. You know, many people call me heretic. It's because they don't know what I've just told you. They hear me say things and, hey, 
it, it, it shakes them in their religious boots. But it didn't shake them enough to bring them out. It only shook them. But they are still inside the boots. Oh, did you hear what Dr. Damina said? I heard somebody did a video. The many her heresies of Dr. Abel Damina. He did a video for it. <laughs> I'm sure if we take that video, we'll end up, we'll end up raising him from the dead. Uh, that video, he'll be the one that is a heretic there. He must have picked a lot of things and put them together. Called them the many heresies of. You know, some of them are very wicked. You know, you know, legalists, they are the ones who kill Jesus. They are very wicked people. Very wicked. Some of them will take my videos and edit. They will edit the video. Where I say, sin cannot take a man to have heaven. Okay? They will cut it. Dr. Damina said. Then they will put it where I'm saying, sin cannot take a man, sorry, to hell. They will say heresy. But they didn't come allow me complete the statement. But it is the rejection of Jesus that takes a man to hell. They won't allow that one to enter. They are very evil. And in their heart, they know that what they are doing is wicked. And I don't expect them to, to defend what I teach anyway. Because they are not my disciples. It's only those of you that follow me that know that they are mischievous. So when you see it, you just laugh at them. And if you meet them one-on-one, -on -one, you minister life to them. Such people, you don't smile. You confront them like you're facing Satan until the evil spirit in them is out. You know, Jesus was not smiling when he said to Peter, get it behind me, you Satan. You savour all the things. He can't be smiling when saying that. You savour all the things that be of God. He can't be smiling. You can't be smiling with people who are trying to rubbish what we are teaching. Smiling. Is he a brotherly love? Is he a brother? He's not a brother. Which brotherly love? That's an enemy. That's an enemy. Give him the flogging of scripture. When you finish, spank him and tell him behave yourself. I didn't say spank him with your hand. Spank him with scripture. <laughs> so you say, Papa, say we should go and fight. You know. <laughs> You know better, right? Glory. Glory! If you don't know the difference between life before the cross, <laughs> I met one of them, he said to me, the Bible says, follow all men with peace and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. I said, okay. Follow all men. That's Hebrews 12, 12 to 14. Follow all men with peace. Without which remove the holiness so that we can understand. Remove the holiness. Because the problem is the holiness. Follow all men with peace. Without which no man shall see the Lord. Who is to see the Lord? The one following or the men? Amen. Eh? Amen. The men. Okay, without which no man among the men you are to follow with peace will see the Lord. It is not me that will see the Lord. It is me that will follow them so that they can see the Lord that I have seen. Okay, so if, if I don't follow them with peace, 
and holiness they will never see the lord in my life so that scripture is not for seeing god is for conduct that your behavior should represent jesus i don't know if i'm teaching here are you understanding it is the same thing brother peter said wives deal with your husbands in in good behavior so that if your husbands are not saved by scripture they can be saved by your good behavior is the same thing the writer of hebrews was saying in hebrews 12. he's not saying if you're not holy you can't see the lord already in chapter 2 of hebrews he already called you holy he called you holy the writer of hebrews didn't think that you will jump to chapter 12 without reading chapter 2 3 4. are we in the building here he didn't think you would jump like that he knew that by the rule of reading you're supposed to read chapter 1 chapter 2 chapter 3 chapter 4 and then in the course of the study when he now says no man shall see the lord you should know that you are not the one because he already called you holy he called you sanctified both he that sanctified and they that are sanctified are all of one for which cause is not ashamed to call you brethren he called you holy brothers partakers of the heavenly calling so he has already settled your case so it's not you that will not see the lord he already said but we see jesus in hebrews chapter 2 verse 9 he already said we have seen the lord am i teaching here then he said you in your behavior with men follow them with peace so that through your way of peace and kindness they will experience the lord in you i don't know if i'm teaching here see so that's why in bible teaching people must be patient people must be calm and people must follow bible teaching is not a one-day activity it's a lifetime of teaching we keep teaching we keep teaching one day one scripture will pop up then we teach 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 another day another scripture will pop up so a little here a little there a little here a little that you keep following then after a while all this little little will form a body of truth that no devil can pull down you can't be sneaking in on me and want to grow you don't grow by sneaking you sneak in you hear five minutes say wonderful the man is a good preacher then you sneak in say ah today is not preaching well because i said something that you did not follow chapter one and two of you jump to chapter 12. are we teaching good now I said what I said because of what I'm about to say now. Colossians 2 9. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 2, verse 9. For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Of the Godhead bodily in his person. Colossians 1 18 and 19. Colossians 1 18 and 19. And he is the head of the body, the church. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Next verse. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. Did this not, did this not, did this did not happen in the four gospels? The fullness never happened to Jesus in the four gospels. So this is post-resurrection. Because in the four gospels, he is anointed. In the epistles, he is the fullness. In the four gospels, he is anointed. In the epistles, he is the fullness. Notice, 
The word baptized with the Holy Ghost was not used by Paul. Paul never used baptized with the Holy Ghost. That terminology baptized with the Holy Ghost is either in the four gospels or in the book of Acts. Paul didn't use it. Let's see what Paul used. Now, first of all, why didn't Paul use baptism and the Holy Ghost in the same sentence? When he talked baptism, he didn't talk Holy Ghost. When he talked spirit, he didn't talk baptism. He never connected them together. Alright? So why? Pay attention. Ephesians 4, 5. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 5. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Not Holy Ghost. Just baptism. Baptism. Colossians 2.20. Colossians 2.20. Wherefore, if you be dead with Christ from the rudiments of the world, why as though living in the world are you subject to ordinances? If you be dead with Christ. Okay? Look again at Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Romans chapter 6 verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also shall walk in newness of life. Observe the way brother Paul used baptism, no spirit. Paul's teachings are advanced. Advanced. Actually, they are the advanced concepts of what Jesus said. So we can know what Jesus said by listening to brother Paul. Because he came with clarity of what Jesus said in parables. Look at Galatians 3.27. See the way brother Paul will use that word baptize again. Galatians 3.27. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. He didn't put Holy Ghost there. Baptized into Christ. No spirit. Have put on Christ. So the only text where Paul used spirit and baptize is 1 Corinthians 12.13. And I will explain. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 verse 13 for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body whether we be jews or gentiles whether we be bond or free and have been all made to drink into one spirit so observe one spirit one body made to drink into one spirit now when paul used that he is not referring to the act of baptism he is referring to the fact. The fact of baptism is actually identification. The fact of baptism. That is, that baptism refers to oneness with the body. Oneness with the body. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 4. Let's see something quickly. Let's do some pretext. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. The way brother Paul used spirit in the same book. Spirit. Okay? Not man's wisdom. But in demonstration of spirit. That word demonstration in the in Greek is the word apodexis. Apodexis. It means to flash forth. That is, he is saying, I flash forth the spirit. I, Paul, I flash forth. By my preaching and teaching, I flash forth the spirit. In that context, he put the operation of the spirit within his own violation. He is the one that has the prerogative to operate the spirit. He does not wait for the spirit. 
I, I flash forth the spirit by my preaching and teaching. That means the operation of the spirit is at the instance of my will. At the instance of my will. That is, I determine the operation of the spirit. That's the way brother Paul wrote it. Now look at chapter 2 verse 10. Please pay attention. Pay attention. We're going to do some Bible mathematics now. Chapter 2 verse 10. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. Underline his spirit. His spirit. For the spirit. Underline the spirit. For the spirit. His spirit. The spirit. Such at all things. Yea. The deep things of God. Look at verse 11. For what man knoweth the things of a man? Save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man. Underline, but the spirit of God. But the spirit of God. So we have his spirit. We have the spirit. We have the spirit of God. Look at verse 12. Look at verse 12. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. So we have the spirit which is of God. We have the spirit of God. We have the spirit. We have his spirit. The spirit which is of God. Can it be called the spirit of God? The spirit which is of God. Can we call it the spirit of God? Okay. Now. Verse 13 of that same scripture. Which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Spiritual means things of the spirit. Verse 14. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. Okay? So, he used Holy Ghost ones. Now, what was most prominent? The spirit? Spirit which is of God? Okay, let me ask you. Is the spirit there? The spirit of God? Huh? Please stay, stay with me. Is the spirit there? The spirit of God? Is the spirit which is of God there? The spirit? Huh? So the spirit there is the spirit of God. Eh? And the spirit of God there is the spirit which is of God. And the spirit which is of God there eh? is his spirit. Eh? Okay. First Corinthians 3.16 First Corinthians 3.16 Know ye not that you are the temple of God. And that the spirit of God dwelleth in you. Temple of God there is not used for spirit. It's talking about your body. Your body. Okay. Your body is the temple. First Corinthians 5, 4. Brother Paul now speaking. Chapter 5. You see we are traveling from chapter 2, chapter 3, chapter 5. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. When you are gathered together. And my spirit. With the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. And my spirit. So brother Paul here is giving an instruction. He is operating within his authority. By the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.19. 6.19. What? Know ye not 
that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own. What was he referring to? Your body, right? Now, 1 Corinthians 6.20 6.20 For you are bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God. So your spirit is of God. Hello? Your spirit is of God. True or false? So is your spirit the spirit of God? Huh? So when we say your spirit, the spirit, the spirit of God, are we saying the same thing within this context? Okay. That Paul says, if I pray in tongues, my spirit prayeth, my understanding is unfruitful. First Corinthians 14, 14 and 15. I will pray in the spirit. So my spirit can be called the spirit or the spirit which is of God. Okay? Remember, we're examining 1 Corinthians 12, 13. That's why we're doing all this travel. One spirit, same. One, same spirit. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 11. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And I'm beginning to round up. And such were some of you. But you are washed. You are sanctified. You are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And by the spirit of our God. Look at me. The spirit of our God. And my spirit. Is it the same thing? In this context. Is it the same? Be confident. Be confident. Be confident. Now, 1 Corinthians 12, 13 now. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. It's Bible study, right? 1 Corinthians 12, 13. This man like meat. 1 Corinthians 12, 13. Not 6. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles. Whether we be bond or free. And have been all made to drink into one spirit. Now we have found out in this book that the spirit of God dear is our spirit. In another text, the spirit of God could be Holy Ghost. But in this context, the spirit of God is our spirit. Now, 1 Corinthians 6.16 6, 6.16 What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body. I will deal with this in the second service. For two saith he shall be one flesh. Next verse now. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. One spirit. So one spirit means the Lord and the believer have the same spirit. Hello? Hello? So in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, one body there will mean one identity. So because of one spirit, we are identified into one body. So when I say the spirit of God 
And my spirit is in order. See that. My spirit is the spirit of God. The spirit of God is my spirit. Is it clear? I said, is it clear? Look at Romans chapter 8 verse 2. Look at the way brother Paul broke it down. Romans 8 2. Please just pay attention. Romans 8 2. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. The law of the spirit of life where? In Christ. Hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 4. Verse 4. Verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. This spirit. Is it the spirit of life? Huh? In verse 2. So same spirit. Look at verse 5. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. Is this the same with the spirit of life in verse 2? Okay, good. Verse 9. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Is it the same spirit with verse 2? The spirit of life? Huh? Hello? Is it the same? So is the spirit of Christ the spirit of God? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Is it the spirit of God? Look at verse 10. <clears throat> and if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin. But the spirit is life because of righteousness. 11 now. And if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you he that raised up christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you now look at me is his spirit the spirit of christ the spirit of god the same okay now look at verse 13 romans 8 13 for if you live after the flesh you shall die but if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Which spirit is this one? Verse 14. Is this verse 14 the same spirit of life in verse 2? Huh? So, the spirit of life in Christ, the spirit, the spirit of God, the spirit of Christ, all of them are the same. So now look at verse 15. He now gives it a definite article. Same context. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. The spirit of adoption. Definite article. Whereby we cry, Abba Father. Adoption. Spirit of sons. So the spirit you find in him is the spirit you find in his children. The father and his children have the same spirit. Listen, you and your father have the same DNA. Is that true? Is that true? Is that true? The proof that that man is your father is DNA. The proof that God is your father is the spirit. The spirit is the proof. Our own DNA is the spirit. You are born of the spirit. That's why in verse 16, look at the way it says in verse 16 of Romans chapter 8, verse 16, verse 16. For the, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. 
The spirit bears witness with our spirit. So one spirit. God does not have a different spirit from his children. That's why brother Paul breaks it down by calling it the spirit of adoption. We are the father and his children have the same genes. Same. So question. If we say the spirit of his son and the Holy Ghost, are they the same thing? What about Jesus' spirit? Is it the same with the Holy Ghost? Huh? Huh? Jesus' deity or Jesus the man? Huh? The spirit of Jesus' deity or Jesus the man? Your spirit and the spirit of Jesus' deity or Jesus the man? Who rose from the dead? Who is seated at the right hand? Who gave his spirit? So your spirit and Jesus deity or Jesus the man? Exactly. Think. <laughs> this is my spirit. The spirit of God. So when he said in Galatians 3.13 Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles that we might receive the promised spirit. That promised spirit is it the spirit of his son? Hello? Are you still here or you've gone home? Is it the spirit of his son? Is that the spirit of adoption? So, we don't have two spirits. We have one spirit. My spirit with the Holy Ghost is my spirit. One with God. That's why all the actions of the spirit now will be by my will. I will pray. I will sing. So, the spirit of God is just like Jesus today in the spirit. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. So, the fullness of God is with every believer. As he is, so am I. Somebody say as he is, so am I in this world. Say, I share the same spirit with God. Say with me, God is my father. His capacity is my capacity. I am in him. He is in me. I didn't hear a good amen. Are you blessed this morning? Get on your feet, that's all I got for you. I have many other things to say to you in the next service. And you will bear it. You will bear it. Listen carefully. Stand with me everybody. From tomorrow Monday, we're going to continue with Bible study. Okay? You don't have to go to house centers. I want you to study with me in your homes. But I'll be live by 6 o'clock from tomorrow. Every day from tomorrow till next Sunday, I'm here teaching every day by 6. You follow me wherever you are. Because what I'm going to be teaching, you need to understand it. I'm going to go into exploring the doctrine of tongues. It's going to be, I'm going to explore everything tongues in the Bible. So that when you speak in tongues, you have no reservation whatsoever. And so you can get the best out of tongues. I don't know if I'm communicating at all. So that's why I'm going to be doing the whole of this week, every evening by 6 o'clock. But on Wednesday, be in your house churches. 
And if you know people that have been trying to speak in tongues, they cannot. Tell them to come here any of the days. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll be here. I'll be here with them, Dr. Gabriel. We'll minister to people who have not, who want to speak in tongues. You know, we'll minister. We'll get them to speak in tongues every evening. But you just follow the Bible study at home. Okay? Are you understanding? Hello? Are you understanding? You follow the Bible study at home. When, will, when should you be in your house centers? On Wednesday. The next Sunday, next Sunday, we will start third season four. Did you hear what I said? We will start what? Now, some of you don't know Ted. That's why you're not clapping. <laughs> Ted means training, evangelism, and discipleship. It's our training program. Now, even though it will be Ted, you won't come here. Throughout the week, you'll be doing the Ted in the house churches, close to where you live. Because this training is ongoing. And we want you trained so you can be effective as a believer. Are you excited about it? If you're excited, show me some excitement. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Somebody said, why are you feeding us like this? Because starvation is coming. And people are going to come to you for food. Bible said the time shall come when there shall be hunger. It shall not be hunger for bread. It shall be hunger for my word. People will come to you like they went to Egypt to buy food. People will come to you to buy your materials. People will ask you, do you have Dr. Damina's books? Let me buy them from you. I, I don't mind adding profit on top. They will buy it from you. I'm not joking. I'm very serious. I'm very serious. So, stock up, stock up, stock up in the days of plenty. Stock up in the seasons of plenty. So when farming comes, you become the food supplier. Somebody's not shouting amen. I'm not hearing your amen at all. Are we blessed? Say with me as he is. So am I. Same spirit. The spirit of God and myself. One spirit. What cannot fight God cannot fight me. What cannot defeat God cannot defeat me. I am complete in him. I am complete in Christ. I have the fullness of God on my inside right now. I didn't hear powerful amen. Father, I pray for everybody in this service, everybody online, everybody in our house, churches, and campuses, that the revelation of God's word grows big on your inside until nothing else matters. In the name of Jesus. We rebuke sickness. We rebuke disease. Satan, get your hands off. In the name of Jesus. Sick bodies be healed. Be healed. In the name of Jesus. Great grace is upon you. The blessing is upon you. And I decree that the work of Christ in your life is complete. Therefore the revelation of that work is made manifest. In the name of Jesus. You grow in grace. You grow in knowledge. You abound in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Thank you Father for the blessing upon this family. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of final letter. Grab an offering. Let's give and worship and honor the word. Grab a good offering. Online, the banking details are scrolling. On television, the banking details are scrolling. Wherever you're watching around the world, the banking details are scrolling. You can also go ahead and give your offerings. We give in faith. We give in honor. And we give in acknowledgement of our responsibility as children of God to advance our father's cause on the earth. 
And every time we give, our monies become a weapon in the hand of the Lord for soul winning, for evangelism, and for impact over the nations of the earth. Let me also use the opportunity to thank all our partners and friends who continually support this ministry, enabling us to do the things we are supposed to do for the kingdom. And especially those of you who, who made up your minds to support us with projects this year. Who have taken it on yourself and your family to take care of a project or the other. Some of you have already done yours for the year. Some of you are doing yours, you know, in, in portions. I want to thank all of you. I want you to know that your labor is not in vain. Everything you do for the kingdom affects lives. And listen to me, everybody. At the end of the day, what we have on this earth is not going to go with us to heaven. It is what we do for the kingdom. The impact. That's what Jesus calls it. Laying up treasure in heaven, which cannot be corrupted. Every time a soul is saved through your giving, you have built a tabernacle for God. All of your money is going to evangelism and into changing lives. And I want to truly thank and appreciate all of you. Especially, you know, those of you, like I said, that are committed to this assignment. Next Sunday is Partnership Sunday. First Sunday of the month of, uh, your first Sunday of the month of, no, not Sunday, two Sundays from now. Two Sundays from now is Partnership, the first Sunday of March. And I'm excited, looking forward to that Partnership Sunday. Because it's an opportunity for me to also pray for all of you partners. And speak into your lives. And declare the blessing. You know, Brother Paul said, because he shared with me in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, you are a partaker of my grace. When you do that, you partake of grace. You partake of the unction that is upon the ministry. And those of you who want to partner with us, you still have an opportunity to partner with us. All you need to do today is shoot a mail to Dr. Abel Damina at yahoo.com. And you indicate you want to be a partner of this ministry, so you will help us to get the gospel to the ends of the earth. And I want to thank you for being willing in the day of God's power. Praise God. Lift up your offerings to heaven, everybody. We want to pray. Father, thank you for everyone giving this morning to the advancement of your cause. Giving in honor of your word. We just heard your word. We are so blessed and edified. And we give so that this word continues to reach the nations of the earth. Now I pray for everybody giving. Your needs met supernaturally. I decree that this week every desire of yours is granted. I release into your life relationships that add value to you. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. The work of your hands are blessed. Your ideas are blessed. Your concepts are blessed. Your career is blessed. In the name of Jesus. And I decree as your amen is coming like thunder, you will enjoy the goodness of God in the land of the living. Your steps are ordered by the Lord. Great grace is upon you today. In Jesus precious name. And every believer says that amen on a note of final letter. Online community we are signing you off. You don't want to miss what we are going to be doing the whole of this week. As we study the Bible together. Especially as we explore on tongues. You, you don't want to miss it. Every evening 6pm GMT plus one. Get more people to be part of the study. It's going to be exciting. And you don't want to miss the next service as I continue to explore the, um, the, you know, the riches of his grace. Invite more people to be part of the next service. We love you guys. We're signing you off. And we look forward to connecting at 11 a.m. GMT plus one. And until then, enjoy the grace of Christ. Let's celebrate viewers around the world for being a part of this service this morning. Glory! Amen! Woo! By this message. For these, all the messages and books by Dr. Abel Damina. Please call plus 234 806 
0800-800-9939 or email powercityoffice at gmail.com. Thank you.